0: And uh, today we're going to be looking at the Gospel of John today. And if you have a Bible, you can turn with me there. John chapter 6 is what we're going to be looking at today. And uh, so we're excited to look at God's Word today, what the Lord wants to speak to us through His Word. And uh, we've been on a a series talking about the signs of of Jesus, and today we find ourselves um, looking at another sign the Gospel writer John points out to us, Uh, and there are several things that we can look at today. We're going to point out a few details here that will hopefully uh, encourage you, challenge you in your faith, in your journey. And uh, today, I thought it was great for the, the title of our message, which is, What's the Forecast? Right? Uh, because tonight, if you're a student, if you're going to school tomorrow, there is potential that there will be snow tonight and in the middle of the night and in the morning. So, Two-hour delay is a possibility. Cancellation is a possibility for school tomorrow. And um, I've, I have these students and kids right now who are like amening and so excited right now. I think that's the most excitement I'm going to get from them in today's message, but I'll take it. So, um, you know, there's always that potential uh, when it comes to the forecast going out. Because really, when I was a, uh, a child and a student, I didn't really pay attention to the weather until it was that time of year where snow Always seemed to come around, and so you know when it came to the the forecast, um, you know looking at the snow, I would look at it and and see what was what was about to maybe hit us. You know they would tell me on the weather report four inches, eight inches, ten inches, a hundred inches. You know you don't know um, what it, what was going to happen, and so the best part was going to bed that night and hoping to wake up in the morning with just a ton of snow on the ground, schools canceled and praise the lord you get a day off the worst part was waking up and there was nothing on the ground right that was the worst like that was just like a knife in the heart because you were so excited and then you opened the blinds to see out the window and there was nothing and so um you know not that i'm praying for it to not happen kids so don't worry um you know snow is great so it uh you know so you just don't know with a forecast with the weather it just changes all the time because it's it can be so unpredictable it's hard to to predict and you know and meteorologists they're great and they try hard to to let us know about the weather and and it, it sometimes it just takes a turn you just don't know at times what it does and it just continuously can change in a moment and so today we're going to be looking at a story where uh there is a forecast that is given But then something happens in the middle of that night, in that evening, where it just changes all of a sudden on Jesus' disciples. And so we're going to be looking at it today about how Jesus will bring you through any situation. He's going to bring you through any season that you go through in life. And so we're going to look at this this morning, is that the expectations that maybe the disciples had in following Jesus, you know, maybe they had some expectations about Jesus that never happened. Um, Have you ever had maybe an expectation last year in January 2019, how 2019 was going to go, right? And let me tell you, it's probably, it's safe to assume that not all of your expectations were met in 2019. In fact, there are probably many surprises, right? You probably had a lot of things that came up that you were not anticipating to happen. And the same thing will happen next year, right? You'll have 2020, you'll be thinking about the year, what you're going to be doing, where you're going to be going work schedule, the vacation schedule, the things that you plan to do with your family, whatever the case may be. But I'm here to tell you, it's just there's going to be things that come up that you had no idea were coming. And so it's hard to predict. It's hard to have this forecast of what would happen in the future because things can change in a moment. And so for these disciples, I kind of wonder like what was their expectation of Jesus, right? Because for example, when Jesus them to follow. These guys were leaving their business. These guys were leaving their jobs. I mean, these guys were doing things that were unheard of, to leave everything and to follow Jesus. And so, you know, what was their expectation of Jesus? Like, what did they anticipate to happen? And it would be a very, very scary decision, but they made it. They made that decision. And so many moments they would experience in this journey that they had with Jesus where things came up that were completely unexpected. You know, as we looked in John, if you would look in John chapter six at the beginning, you see Jesus feed 5,000 men with five loaves and two fish. That was like, whoa, how, where did that come from? Like, how was he able to do that? And, you know, what, what takes place is a simply a miraculous thing that happens. And that's, that's just 5,000 men. That's not including women and children. In that culture, they didn't count women and children. So that's on top of, uh you know, you have five thousand men, but you have potentially fifteen to twenty thousand people Jesus is doing this for. And so um they have plans for Jesus, right? This is why Jesus kind of withdraws from them because they had plans for him to take over, and basically their goal was uh Jesus is gonna overthrow Rome. This is the one, the Messiah warrior-like king, but Jesus does something completely different than what they were anticipating. And and so many things would happen in this in the life of Jesus and his ministry, and so there were questions like, "Is he really the Messiah? Is this what the prophe- prophecies were, uh, were told about? Um, is this Emmanuel, God with us?" Which is what we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks about God being with us, and Jesus is the perfect example of God being with us. Uh, and if you notice, over and over, whenever Jesus would do the miracle, I thought I always think this is interesting. The crowds would grow. But then when Jesus would start to tell them about what it's going to take to follow him, the crowds would disappear, right? It's like, and then Jesus would do another miracle, right? And then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they follow Jesus, and then Jesus starts to tell them what it's going to take. Oh, yeah, I'll pass. And then they leave, right? So uh, Jesus, give me the happy meal, but please don't tell me what it's going to cost, right? And so they're over and over again, they're finding themselves in this position of, of up and down, up and down. And to the disciples' credit, they continuously follow Jesus throughout all of this. And so today, we're gonna talk about challenges that you're gonna face in your life and also things that we need to avoid. But there's one important principle I want us to remember today is that Jesus is gonna bring you through anything. That includes challenge, and that includes, includes success, you know, because it's important. Well, let's look at this in the first, first uh, point today. What to do when the storm... Chases you. Have you ever seen a show, uh, the Storm Chasers, or if you've heard of it, the Storm Chasers? Everybody, with me. Have you seen that, or have you've maybe heard about that? And what do they? What do they want to do? They want to be able to not just see the storm, but they want to see how powerful this storm really is. And they're trying to study it because, if anything, in mankind, we don't like things we don't understand. We want to understand everything. Like if something is not understandable, we're going to find a way to understand it. Like that we drive on that. We have we do that with passion because we want to figure it out. And so, often when you would see, you know, I've seen a couple of episodes of these people that would chase these storms and then they're they're doing their research, they're doing everything possible. They're getting us up close to see visually what it looks like. But I always thought it was interesting when the storm would change course and come directly towards them, right? It's like everybody freaks out and it's like everybody's, uh, you know, it's, it's every person for themselves, right? It's just like get in the van and go and just drive away, especially if it's a tornado and it's just coming at them. They panic, right? It's like this idea of when the storm chases you. It's, it's, a, it's a scary thing. And I would say to you that this storm, that when we look at it, when Jesus walks on water, we talk about the storm that appears out of nowhere I will suggest to you, and I'll explain in just a moment, that this storm was intentional for, these peop- for the disciples that went on the lake. This was an intentional storm. It was a storm that they would not be able to escape. It is a very interesting look. As we look at it, let's look at it in verse uh, 16 uh, through 21. When the storm chases you, let's read it. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. We're going to stop right there. and so Because it's important, in, in Matthew's gospel, and Mark's gospel, there, this, there's some details explained. Jesus tells them to get into the boat. So they're not just getting into the boat because, well, let's just get into a boat. No, Jesus tells them, get in the boat and go across the lake. Go. But as we would read later in John's gospel and we'll read it later, it will tell us that the crowd noticed the disciples got into the last boat there and Jesus had not got in the boat. So if I'm the disciples, I'm thinking, this is weird, this is crazy. Jesus, we're going across the lake, but there's no boat for you. So are you planning to take like an Uber? Like, is that gonna, are you going across the lake and you're just gonna find a ride? Like, how is this, how is this gonna happen? Um, you know, and another thing, Jesus had gone off into a mountain to pray by himself and he's sending these guys across the lake without him. Right. And these guys have left everything to follow him. Right. You talk about Jesus could have just pulled off the biggest prank of all time and just said, yeah, go across the lake. See ya. Right. And he's just, he's fed up with everything. I don't know, but this is a, amazing to say, how much trust they really had in Jesus. Like, okay, you tell me to get into the boat and go across the lake. That's all they had to go off of was that. Have you ever felt like God needs to explain himself a little bit more, right? It's like, God, you're only giving me one step, but what's step two, three, four, five? Like, how do we explain, how do you explain that, right? It's it's the situations we deal with is, you know, and John's very specific. John's very specific at the very beginning of this story. He says it's evening and it's dark. He's telling you that they're going out on a water and it's dark. They can't see a whole lot. And this is a lot of times what it takes when you follow God is that it's dark. You don't see it. All you see is the next step. And it could be a very small step. Get into a boat. Okay, but where are we going? Where are we going? just get in the boat. But Jesus, how, okay, like what, what city, like what direction? Okay, we're going to Capernaum. What are we going to do there? Just get into the boat and go there. But, but, and so often what we'll do is we want, right? I mean, that's just normal, right? It's normal for us to want steps of where we're headed. Jesus, I need a game plan. I need to know what's going on. I need to be included. And the disciples have nothing really to go off of other than we're getting into a boat, and we're going across a lake. That's it. And so it's, it's very, very interesting. They had to be wondering what this was all about. But I think it's even more interesting that this storm, I believe, was intentional, right? Why else would Jesus send them in the last boat that was available into a lake that he knew there was going to be a storm that pops up out of nowhere and starts to rock the boat? and make them panic, right? He knew very well there was something coming, but there was something Jesus is wanting to show them. Jesus knew. I mean, this will mess with your theology a lot. Like, God intentionally sending me into a storm? Like, what's that about? Like, what? I, that doesn't sound very good to me. Like, I don't want to be intentionally put in the storm. Have you ever been put into a situation, into a family situation, family drama, and you try to handle it, and it just exploded? like? I mean, good grief. Like, it's just like, I just want everybody to get along. And then, well, you're picking sides, right? And all of a sudden it's just like, boom. Like, you just you just totally messed up everything. Or if you maybe went into a, a project and your boss is trying to tell you, hey, this is what the project's gonna do. And it sounds, he made it or she made it sound so easy. Right? It sounded so simple. And then you're you're doing it and you're like, this is not easy. Like this just came out of nowhere. Like everything, all the drama of it, all the, all the hard work and the hours and all this, it's just like overwhelming. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to think of things that can just come out of nowhere. And then there's times where we could go to the hospital where we're just trying to get a regular checkup. And then all of a sudden they reveal that there's an issue with your health. It comes out of nowhere. It's a storm that comes out of nowhere. As these disciples would learn about in verses 18 it says it was a strong wind blowing and the waters grew rough so this is a storm that popped up I can imagine like the bickering like they're having between each other you got Peter James and John who are fishermen Um, like they're supposed to be professionals, so they should know the weather and when something's going to happen so I can imagine them getting you know, ridiculed. Like, come on guys, you had, you guys are supposed to know the weather. You guys are supposed to anticipate these kinds of things. And then they're stuck in the middle of the lake and they can't go anywhere. And so I'm sure they're getting yelled at even more. And it's not like this big, massive ship that they're on. They're on a very small boat probably. And they're probably as close as you are to somebody on your right or left of you. Right. And it's not like, it's not probably a friendly thing that's happening in this boat. Okay. They're probably very upset with each other, very frustrated, trying to figure out how can they get over the, uh, to the other side without dis- the boat being destroyed. And so there's a lot happening in this particular passage. It's, a very, it's like a very strong wind that is ne- help, not basically not allowing them to go across anymore. And so this storm is chasing them. It's not them chasing the storm, it's the storm has chased them and they can't outrun it. There are things that you're gonna face in your life and you've probably walked through some of those situations and you may be currently going through those where you can't outrun it. It's there. You've got to deal with it. You've got to face it. So what are you going to do? And I'm not talking about a storm where, you know, you got fired from your job because you decided not to show up to work consistently. Like that's a storm you created. Okay. Like, <laughs> like don't put that on God and say, God, this storm is chasing me. No, you you've, you've created that storm, okay? I'm talking about things that come up that you never anticipated to happen. And so these are things that will happen even in 2020. You will, anticip- you will anticipate things, but then there will just be things that pop up out of nowhere that you never saw coming. And this is important to know before we continue, because often what we do is, is, is what these disciples do. We, we see something, but we're not sure who it is. Is it God or is it not? Right? This is what they do. Let's let's look at it in verse 19. It says, when they rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. And so they're rowing, and if you read the other accounts about this story, it tells us that they Thought it was Jesus and they see Jesus walking on the water, but they did not fully know until he started speaking, right? So, there, I mean, this is freaky. Like, you're on a boat and there's a windstorm and you're scared because you're not going anywhere. The boat's rocking, you may tip over, and then all of a sudden there's a greater fear because there's somebody walking on the water towards you, right? And now it's that's got your attention. Like, who is that? And it's a lot. Have you ever been in a situation where you're just like, is this God? Or is this something else? Is this really you? Or is it something else? Now, there are those situations where you come. Now, when you have a flat tire, it's not one of those moments you say, God, are you trying to speak to me? I'm talking about you get a flat tire. The tow truck driver gets a flat tire on his way to come get you. He goes to the hospital. Oh, by the way, your house just flooded. And then it's just like, all this stuff just happens in an instant. And you never asked for it. You never anticipated it happening. It just that's the time when I would be like, God, are you trying to say something? Right? Like, is there, are you here? Are you trying to tell me something? And this is kind, this is like the disciples. They're like, is this Jesus or is it something else? And if it's something else, we're done for, right? I mean, that's just it. That's the end. And, and so these, these disciples eventually hear Jesus say, it is I, don't be afraid. And then they were willing to let him into the boat. You see, Jesus can talk to you, but you can dismiss him. You can dismiss his voice. And that's why it's so important to not dismiss something just because you don't like it, right? I mean, if God's calling you something to something, it's gonna scare you, right? I mean, if, if you've followed God long enough, God has called you to do certain things. It may be a life, it may be a specific situation, and the first reaction you will give is no, or you'll dismiss the voice completely because you don't want to do that because it's, you're, you're not qualified, right? That's what I did when I first felt God calling me into full-time ministry. I was like, I said it, and i was like, yeah, I feel like God's calling me into full-time ministry, and then afterwards, I'm like, there ain't no way I'm doing that. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not doing this. I don't want to do this, and so... And it took a lot for me to say yes to God, to finally to stop dismissing his voice and to say yes. Now, it was following him literally in the dark because I was like you've heard. I was in, in, in Indiana rooting for Purdue University. Right. And then um, and then, you know, so Maryland was nowhere on my radar. OK, not to be mean, but I didn't know where Maryland was on the map. I'm just saying, like, so if I would have known everything, that would have been scary, right? To say, oh, you're going to go to Maryland in uh, 10 years, whatever it was. And I would have, no, like that ain't happening, definitely. And so often what, what we do is we have to ask ourselves, what do we do if it is Jesus calling? What do we do? Do we let him in the boat or do we dismiss him and say, move on? And this is important because the next point is going to bring this out more. Searching for answers. What do you do when you're searching for answers? Um, Let's read this. This is about the crowd in verses uh, 22 through 24. It says, The next day the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not yet entered it with his disciples, but they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. Here's what we do all the time. We want to know the answers. This is what the people wanted. The crowd wanted to know the answer. They wanted to know how did Jesus get across the lake when there was no boat left for him? How did he get over there? Because if you read other accounts, news spread quickly through their Version of text messaging, and, and eventually they figured out where Jesus was. Now, this is important for, for us to understand that what we're asking for is sometimes the wrong thing that we're seeking after. We're seeking after the wrong thing. We're seeking after the answer. We're not seeking after Jesus. You know, for example, you know, there are times where you may ask for something, and uh, have you ever, have somebody ever asked you your advice? On something and you find out that they've asked advice to 10 other people, the same thing, right? That's a red flag. (laughs) You know why? Because they're looking for a very specific answer from you and you better give it because everybody else is about to be asked that same question unless they give that answer. And then they hear the word yes. And then they say, that's the word of the Lord. Right? And one out of 10 people said yes. Nine out of 10 said no. So they just go with that one, right? They go with the yes, the advice. Some of you are laughing because you've been there, right? Where somebody has, they're just asking for the advice, but they're not really asking for your your real opinion and the real answer. There's just something they want to hear so that they feel comfortable in doing it, even if it means disobedience, right? And so this this is sometimes what happens, right? We ask for God to, to help us and we need the answer. God, I need to know why. And, you know, for example, for me, like, I need to know where I'm going, God, with my future. If I'm going to do full-time ministry, listen, if God would have told me I was coming to Maryland, I would have, like I said, definitely said, no way. Right? Because it was unfamiliar territory for me. I didn't know anyone. And I didn't know anything about this area. And so often what God does is he reveals the very next step. He says, go there. Okay, I'll go there. Okay, now you need to take the next step. Okay, next step. And then, oh, he's working on you. He's working in your heart. And then you'll eventually get to your destination. But you've got to invite him in. And this is, you know, sometimes when we ask for things, we're looking for a very specific answer. Or you wouldn't be satisfied even if he gave you the answer. Have you ever got an answer you didn't want to hear? Right? Have you ever, you know, I've learned to be careful when I ask questions. Because if I receive an answer I don't like, I should have never asked the question in the first place right? I mean, if I, if I don't like the answer, I probably shouldn't have asked it. And that's what, that's what I've come to realize. So I've always had to ask myself, okay, if I receive an answer, will I actually accept that answer? And, you know, this is, I've seen this played out in my three-year-old son. He's, he's very smart. So when he comes to me, he says, Daddy, can I have this? Daddy, can I have that? And sometimes, you know, I'll say, no, you can't have that right now, because we have to do this, or you need to do this. And so what he'll do is he didn't get an answer he didn't like. So guess who he's going to next? Mom. And then he complains to Amber and says, Daddy told me no. And then just like, just starts crying on the spot. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, it's not the end of the world. But then it, but to him, it's the end of the world, right? Some of our parents are just, you're, you're smiling, you're laughing because you have this happen all the time, probably. Uh, and it, th- that's just what happens, right? Because why? He was asking a question, but he wasn't willing to receive the answer and that he, you know, he wanted a very specific answer. And so often, you know, as we talk about searching for answers, there's a number of different ways to look at it, as we have mentioned. And so what does the crowd, what does the crowd do? What do they do? They go to the area where they saw Jesus last, right? They go to the they're hanging out in the miracle area. They're like, hey, let's just, Let's go back. Maybe Jesus wants to feed us some more Happy Meals. Like, let's get some more of that. Like, that's the good stuff. Like, and so they go back to the miracle. Because why? Because they're just anticipating God to do the same thing over and over and over again. And them not realizing that God is wanting to do something different this time. Have you ever been in a situation and you got, you've asked God for a miracle because you saw somebody else get the same miracle? but your mindset is so focused that it has to be the way that person received it. Have you ever been there? I've been there where I'm like, God, I need healing. But then I'm thinking about the healing because of someone else that got healed. So I'm thinking, God, you have to do it that way. God, you have to do it this way. And if it doesn't happen that way, I get mad at him. I say, God, what are you, what are you doing? Don't you care? Don't you love me? Don't you wanna help me? And this is what happens to so many people is that, We follow the crowd's example. Well, I guess he just, he needs to do the same miracle. I mean, have you ever thought about the times where God heals one person, but he doesn't heal another person? Doesn't that frustrate you? And say, why? Why did you heal them? They're the one that hates you, and yet you're not healing the one that loves you. Like, it doesn't make sense. And so often what we end up doing is we're searching for the answer because we're wanting to understand But the scripture puts it beautifully. His peace will surpass all understanding. What God's word is teaching us is that understanding is not the best option. His peace is the best option. That's the option that you need to have. And when it comes to Jesus bringing us through, this is such an amazing thing. Jesus had this storm come and it was intentional. But you notice something? Jesus walked with them through the storm. He went with them. He came to them. And what our job is, we need to see him and we need to hear him when when we're in the storm, when we're in the issue that we're dealing with. That's the important thing. So this is what the crowd was doing. They're, They're looking for similar miracles and Jesus will do some things that are very similar. I understand that. We see that even in scripture. Jesus do very similar things, but that's not every time. Sometimes Jesus operates differently. We just got to get him out. Of, we just have to stop putting him in this box that he has to work this way. Only this way. Only my agenda, which is really the root. My agenda. My way. This way. Not God's agenda. Not God's way. This is what often we deal with. This is what I deal with. And so many times I've come to this point of where I've had to say, Lord, I don't necessarily need an answer. What I really need is you. That's who I need. That's what I really, really need. Because if you're with me, then I will get through it. You're here today. You've been through a number of situations. There are hundreds and hundreds of situations that we're all dealing with. But guess what? You found yourself to come to church and sit here and hear the word of God. You got through whatever it is you were going through. It may have been a screaming child Okay, It may have been an alarm clock that didn't go off in time and you're rushing the church. It may be you've got a numerous work projects that you've got to get done, but you set aside time to be here. You got through it to be here, to hear from God. This is his word. This is what he wants to do. He wants to do transformation. He wants to transform your situation and he wants to transform people. That's what he wants to do. This is what... He desires to do to the crowd, but often they said no. The same crowd that was cheering them on to do the miracle, there were similar people in the crowd who started to yell, crucify him! crucify, crucify, because they didn't have their agenda accomplished because they had a mindset of how Jesus had to work. This is a hard situation for so many people to walk through, and even for the disciples, they would walk through other situations. This crowd you know, they, Jesus would reveal to them why they're coming for him and why they're searching for him. He, he says it later. He says, you're not coming for anything else other than because of the bread that I gave to you. But he came to tell, and he said, I am the bread of life. What you need is not answers. What you need is me. That's what you need. And for the disciples, they would walk through situations after situations that were tough, that were very difficult. But they, were cho- they chose to follow Jesus even if it hurts, even if it's painful. Because I feel this, that a lot of people can get into selective hearing when it comes to God. You know what selective hearing is? It's when you want to do something because it excites you, but then when it doesn't, you say, no, thanks. right? We have, our, my, our, we have kids that do that. We say, they say yes or no, and then once they hear the word no, you know, they just get upset, and then they just go and do it anyway. They rebel, right? I mean, it's, it's selective hearing, And what happens so many times is we get confused and we're trying to figure out, God, are you with me in this situation? Because the situation's not looking good. And the good news is he is Emmanuel, which means he is with us. Acts 12, you wanna talk about the most confusing thing for probably the disciples? One of the disciples gets martyred, James, right away. After Jesus had, you know, died. He had resurrected. He went to heaven. Now they're going to go and spread the gospel around to the world. James gets martyred, but Peter doesn't. Peter gets the miracle, but James didn't get the miracle. He didn't get delivered. He got executed. It says in Acts 12 that they executed, uh, they executed James, and Herod saw that it pleased the people, and so he arrested Peter and put him in prison. But it says the church prayed for Peter. They prayed for Peter to be delivered. And guess what? Peter got delivered. But why didn't James get delivered? See what I'm saying? Like we we start to play with it so much, it it can start to frustrate you because you want the answer. Why does James get martyred but Peter doesn't? In that moment, you see Peter get delivered. We see an angel show up. We see him literally walking out of prison. No one touches him. They let him, he just literally walks through. He shows up at the house where the church is praying. So it becomes Herod's intentions versus the church's prayers. That's what it becomes about. And then all of a sudden, when the the girl who answers the door, she's so excited, she slams the door and doesn't even open the door for him because she's so excited, right? And then she starts to explain it to people and the church is praying so hard for Peter, they don't even believe the miracle when he showed up. They don't even believe the, the girl. They don't even believe what has happened. And it's so amazing what was was remarkable, why they received so much joy, as we have talked about even this morning, was because when James got martyred, it was letting the church know Jesus was there. And Jesus was there when Peter was in prison. The psalmist puts it beautifully, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He puts it wonderfully, because that's God. Even in the worst moment for a person's life, death, he's with me. And he's with me always to the very end of the age. Jesus declared that himself. He is with us, but you have to let him in. It may be you need to let him into your life. It may be you need to let him into the situation. It may be you need to let him in to help you with the job that you're going through or that you're working on. It may be you need to let him in so that you can forgive. It may be that you need to let him in so that you can overcome the struggles that you're dealing with. It may be that way. And the way that you're thinking that God needs to work, it may be different the way he wants to work in your situation, because there's something he's wanting to show you. And it may just be him walking on the water and getting into your boat and in getting to your destination a whole lot faster than you ever could have done it on your own. This is the word of God. This is who Jesus is. No matter what season, no matter what forecast is set on your life, Jesus said, I will bring you through if you just trust me. Amen. Amen. Let's everyone's head bowed and eyes closed this morning. If you're here today, I want to make two different calls today. First is if You're dealing with a situation this morning that you never asked for, that you never, uh, maybe it was a family issue, maybe it's a job issue, maybe it's a, a relationship issue, that you never asked for the issue. It just showed up. And you're struggling, and you need God's wisdom, you need his help to direct you through. And there's just things that you can't understand that you don't understand. Maybe you're mad at God about it. But he's here today to tell you, he is with you. He is walking with you and his peace, his joy, his hope is with you. And if you are saying, that's me today, Pastor Bobby, I need the Lord's help. I need his help in this situation. It's something I didn't ask for, I'm just dealing with it. I'm facing it and I'm trying my best. If you need God's help today, would you just slip up your hand in all honesty and say, Lord, that's me this morning. I just need his guidance, amen. I believe the Lord is gonna meet with you. Thank you so much for lifting your hands today. I believe the Lord is gonna meet with you and I believe the Lord is gonna guide and direct you because of your honesty. If you're here today and you wanna receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you haven't invited him in to your heart. You haven't invited him in to your life. You keep pushing it off. You keep dismissing the voice. You keep dismissing the prompting. You need to let him in because he will change your life. He will forgive you of your sins no matter how far you think you're away from him. You can't outrun him. He's with you. And he wants you to confess and believe in who he is. If you're here today and you wanna receive Christ, just simply through a lifting of a hand, could you just slip up your hand right now and say, today that's me. I wanna respond to that. I wanna invite Jesus into my life. Thank you so much. Lift up your hand if you would like to do that today. Thank you so much. If you're here today, We encourage you to put your needs down at the prayer cards today. We'll have prayer at the end of the service if you wanna receive Christ. If you wanna uh, have somebody pray over you with a situation you're walking through that's hard. This church believes in the power of prayer. We believe in doing it together and we believe that God will meet with you. And we'll have that opportunity at the end of the service today. Would everybody stand with me this morning, ushers, you can make your way. We're gonna receive our communion today. We're going to thank the Lord for all that he has done for us. And we're going to look forward to the day we get to be with him. And this is one of the reasons why we do it, because Jesus said to constantly be reminded of what he has done for us. And this is through the communion today that we'll have this morning. If you're in the middle sections when the ushers are ready, um, the middle sections will come to the middle aisle and make their way out the outer way. The the far sections, uh, if you come into the inner aisles where the ushers are at, you can go that way, uh, row by row, and get your communion elements today and exit out the opposite direction. Okay, let's begin to do that today. I believe they're ready. They're set. Let's begin to take communion in just a moment.